Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today is a guest who we've heard from before. In fact, just a week ago, we sat down to talk about her plans for birth. And I said, like I say many times, birth is imminent. It could happen at any point. Here we are a week later and birth has happened. Lauren Guilford, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know anything. I have no details. I don't know anything. I'm going to find out with you, the audience, exactly what went on. But we could say this. You're a birth photographer. You're a doula. Mm -hmm. Been to many, many births in both roles. And you've seen a lot. And I'm sure a lot of different experiences and a lot of different settings. And you decided you wanted to have a home birth. Mm -hmm. And you surrounded yourself with amazing people. And you made plans. And last time I spoke to you, we were just at 40 weeks. And we made some predictions, actually. Well, your husband and I made some predictions <laughs> on when the baby would come. It turns out we were right. So, Both of you. <laughs> how was your last days of pregnancy? So we had the podcast. I saw you the next day. Yeah. And I saw you one more time. And our last visit was truly, really, in the last days. Yeah, the last days leading up to labor were actually really lovely. You know, we just were kind of wrapping things up. My husband was still working from home, but like nonetheless still working. And we were trying to just nest a little bit. We were getting all the things ready or, you know, any last little bits of things ready at home. And I was doing my usual round of appointments (laughs) between midwifery care and acupuncture and seeing you. So it was really nice as far as like that goes. It was really kind of mellow. I felt really content. I didn't feel any, you know, pressure or idea of like, oh, when's labor going to start and, or it should, or this or that. And so I just was kind of moving through each day and trying to get lots of rest and taking care of myself. The only downside was I think in that last even two weeks before birth, but definitely those last few days, my SPD pain was just like pretty difficult, which it was fine. It wasn't like I couldn't do things. I just had to stop taking the dogs for walks, which I had really been loving. So like, just like giving up some things like that were, you know, kind of a bummer, but that, it also uh, felt really nice to just be able to rest at home. And that's a uh, pubic symphysis pain. So symphysis yes. pubis dysfunction, SPD. Did you have any moments where you thought, oh, maybe this is it, but then it wasn't? 
Yes. And I think in hindsight, I think at the time I thought that a little bit, but was more very like quick to brush it off to the side, but probably really just which now looking back on it probably just was my body getting ready, probably in some of the days leading up to like here and there, I remember even like saying to my husband, it almost feels like my period's about to start. Like I'm not crampy, but it just has that sensation that like maybe, and I was like, that's the only thing I could compare it to. Right. And like, he would kind of laugh. And one of the times in particular, it was like before bed, he goes, Oh, you know, wake me up if you're in labor tonight. And then of course nothing happened. And I slept mm-hmm. like a baby. What, great. Wonderfully. And so there was that. And then probably two days prior to birth, I, you know, kind of was feeling that again, a little bit, again, very faint, like not discomfort, not cramping, nothing like that. Just kind of like a sensation that that was kind of there. And I started losing a little bit of my mucus bug, but being a doula, I was like, that doesn't really mean anything. There was no bloody show. Like I wasn't having any other signs. So I was like, this kid could be in there for like, who knows, another week or two. People <laughs> um, always but- ask, since you're a doula also, people always ask, how do you know you're losing your mucus plug? What should I look for? What does it look yeah, like? Totally. Well, if you're like any of my clients over the years, you, know, you can always text a picture of it to do <laughs> if you have one. Yeah. <laughs> we see a lot of mucus plugs and we're always happy to confirm or, you know, let them be like, oh, it's not mine. I don't know. When you lose it in bigger chunks, it's more obvious. I think what's tricky is if you lose it in bits and pieces, which I kind of was initially. And it looks like, you know, it's, I mean, it doesn't gross me out because obviously I do all things birth, but uh, when it's more in like strips or pieces, it kind of does remind me of like, you know, when you're pretty sick or like, or if you've ever had like bronchitis, like thicker kind of chunks of mucus, I guess bronchitis is a bad way to put it because bronchitis is more like green and sickly. And if that were to be the case, that probably wouldn't be good. But yeah, just like thicker chunks of mucus. And definitely when it's like the mucus plug, some people lose the whole thing. And then it's seems like it's just a glob of really thick snot <laughs> for lack of better terms. Yeah, like no, that's I, you. great. That's what <laughs> um, it looks like. So yeah, things to look forward to whoever is out there listening to this. <laughs> okay. Where in relation to your due date did labor start? So labor started in the early hours of 40 weeks and four days. How did it start? So it started so similarly to, I guess, how I kind of always thought it would start. We had gone to bed and, you know, typical night of waking up to go to the bathroom. One of many times I woke up around 1am to go to the bathroom and made my way to the bathroom in the dark. So I would always try to keep like the lights off, like fall back to sleep easy. And, you know, I'm in there for just a minute, maybe. And I'm like, oh, I'm realizing I'm kind of crampy, like a little bit more like actual true crampy. And I'm kind of just like, oh, that's interesting. We have finished the bathroom and make my way back in bed. And, you know, by the time I get settled back in bed with all my pillows and all of that, I start realizing so maybe like five minutes has gone by and I'm like, I think I'm having a contraction and, you know, I'm laying there trying to like settle and sure enough, within like a few minutes, another one. And one of those first ones, I can't remember if it was the first one exactly, or one of the first like three was really long. Like it was like, kind of going on for a while and I didn't time it, but I could tell. And I was like, oh, well, maybe it's not. My body might just be confused. <laughs> Something else might be happening. But within honestly a matter of like 10 minutes, I could already tell because they were already kind of coming fairly consistent. Those first handful of contractions, you know, I'd say first dozen were already between like six to eight minutes apart. And there were a few in the beginning that were really long because I did plot like my little contraction timer. And there was a few that were like, two minutes long. I was like, oh, oh, wow. well, that's so of course my doula brain got going thinking, oh shoot, maybe the baby's in a funky position <laughs> and my uterus is working really hard to try to like rotate them. 
So that's like where my brain initially went. And that's kind of the like first little, like how I knew, okay, I think we're onto something here. So those early contractions, two questions about them. Where did you feel them? And how would you rate the intensity of them? So I felt them really low in my low belly, which also helped me feel better about that thought of his baby in a funky position because I wasn't feeling it in my back at all. It's very low belly and ooh, intensity. I would say, you know, they were intense enough that I was like, oh yeah, these are uncomfortable. But yeah, I would say probably still fairly low intensity or like mild-ish. Mm-hmm. Was it exciting to you? Was it like, okay, this is it. Yeah, I was definitely excited, you know, because I always joked, one of these nights I'm going to go to bed and wake up in labor, but it never happened. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's just one of those nights. So that was exciting. But again, my doula brain was still very much on at that point. And I was like, oh, you know, but this could be, I could have some of this through the night and the daytime could, you know, roll around and it might fade away. So it could start and keep moving now, or it could pick back up tomorrow. Like we'll see, but it wasn't this exciting feeling of, oh, probably most likely I'll be meeting my baby at some point, maybe this weekend. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is early labor. What time is it when it starts? I'll give it like 1.30 because about 1.30 is when I realized like, oh yeah, I'm having contractions. 1.30 in the morning. This is a good start. Very curious what (laughs) happens next. We're going to find out after a quick commercial break. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with. Specifically, someone who's ready for a serious connection. Totally open to having kids in the future. Is a tall, rock-climbing Libra. And loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Lauren Guilford about her very recent birth story. Okay, 1.30 in the morning, you go to the restroom and boom, you start having contractions and they're low, very low in your belly, not in your back. You feel them, but they're not overwhelming. What happens next? So what happens next is, again, my doula brain is really working at this point and it goes, this could be a while. It's early in the night and... 
I need sleep. <laughs> so I rolled over and took a sleep aid, like a Unisom. And I was like, okay, I need to be able to rest. And my plan was, <laughs> as if I could control labor, um, to stay in bed and sleep slash rest as much as possible. And just see how the next, however much of contractions and labor would unfold, or if it would potentially, like if I would doze off or truly fall asleep, and then they would fade away. So it was kind of my you know, let's see if it's going to go one way or another moment. Was your husband awake at that point? No, he was sound asleep. Okay. <laughs> He's a deep sleeper. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, were you able to fall asleep? Yes and no. Shortly after that, this is where it starts to get like funny for me, is shortly after that they were, because from the start, they were kind of like six, eight minutes. And I would say probably by one forty-five. So just a matter of like, really not long at all, maybe like 15, 30 minutes. They were then about like every five to six minutes apart. And I thought, again, who knows? Like this is so really early. My body's just, you know, trying to work itself out. And I had that contraction timer app open. So I thought, okay, I'm all settled in here. <laughs> Took my sleep aid. It's going to set in. And I didn't feel thankfully, because I'm sure it would have been harder if I got like, of course, as excited. But if I was really like, up and at him excited that would have been really hard to fall back to sleep and I was still in a very calm state and so got all settled I had my phone by my pillow and just had the screen open <laughs> and I'm like super low and I would just close my eyes and rest in between and I do think that I was able to probably over the next 30-45 minutes doze off a little bit in between and then once I realized you know I would kind of like look at, at you know my little phone and see the pattern and once I realized like oh these are coming really consistently around that, like every five minutes, I definitely need sleep. And I don't need to time them right now. Like, it's fine. Like, I just need to ignore my phone and shut off that screen and just rest. And so for the next then hour, um, till probably, yeah, so like, if that was like 1.30 to 2.30, probably from like 2.30 to 3 or 3.30, I just tried my best to rest. And so I would wake up for the contractions and would then kind of just doze off back in between. And they stayed that like pretty consistent pattern that whole time. How are you still fast asleep? Yeah. So that's why I mentioned that time of like three, three thirty. Cause then around, I think it was even at two, I got up to go to the bathroom. I had to keep going to the bathroom. So I kept feeling like very pinchy bladder and went to the bathroom and then around three again, like, so I was going to the bathroom. It seemed like every hour. And made my way in there, went back to the bathroom again, came back to bed and, you know, got all settled. And a few minutes later, I, you know, see my husband kind of stir and get up and go to the bathroom. So clearly I'd like woke him up and I was like, oh, I got to tell him he's awake. Now's my time. And so as he comes back in, I roll over and I'm like, hey, hey, I'm having contractions. I'm in labor. <laughs> and he's like, you know, half asleep. And I can't really see him because it's dark, but I just, he could hear it in his voice. And he's like, oh okay, what do you, do you need me to do anything right now? Or, or something to that effect. And I just said, you know, no, go back to sleep. You know, I'll wake you up when I need you. And, you know, as he kind of jokes, he's like, you know, you gotta tell me twice <laughs> <laughs> and went back to sleep. And I still stayed I, that, at that point. I was still in bed resting in between, but at that point I did start timing them again because I felt they were starting to feel stronger at this point. There were some that were like four, four and a half minutes apart. And then some that were like five, so probably anywhere between that, like four and a half to like five and a half minutes apart at that point and feeling a little bit more intense. And so it was enough that I couldn't fully fall asleep in between, but it was really nice to just rest my eyes in between and to know that my body was just relaxed and resting. And I was still trying to like play this game with myself, like stay in bed as long as possible. And so he went right back to sleep 
and I still stayed in bed for a little bit. Okay. You had midwives, a doula, <laughs> birth photographer. Did you consider reaching out to them at any point? No, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody at that point. So your husband and found if out. I had, had him woken up, I probably wouldn't have told him at that point. Anybody. Yeah, yeah so your husband found out, went right back to bed, yeah. and uh, everybody else is sleeping peacefully, has no idea. Yep. And you know, it's again, my doula brain was too on at that point. I promise it eventually turns off. But we uh, did talk about that. That yeah. for people who've been to a lot of birth, it's very hard yeah. to like not doula yourself. Totally. And I knew that. And my doula had teased me about that ahead of time. I mean, lovingly, like trying to pretend myself like, hey, like, you know, you don't have to do that. And my midwives as well were always so sweet. And we're like, that's what we're here for, you know? And I know that, right? Because I want for any of my clients, I want them to tell me all these things. I always tell them, you know, by the time I hear from them, they'll say like, oh, I've been in labor for such and such amount of time. And I'm like, why didn't you call me? <laughs> you know? and here you are not and, calling anybody. Yep. And here I was not doing it. And part of it was because you know, again, like having all the experience, I thought like, well, I'm a first time mom, this is going to be a while, I should at least let them sleep as long as possible so that they're more well rested to support me when I really need it. So, that's so you're expecting your birth was. to go on for quite some time. Yeah. So at that point, you know, I thought that it was going to be that day. But again, you know, at that point in time, it was like three, three, three in the morning, I thought maybe like, you know, by evening or something, or, okay. or even later than that. So I thought I still had, you know, the long haul ahead of me. What happens next? I, um, started realizing, okay, well, these are definitely getting more intense. They're uncomfortable. I love water. I love baths. I love showers. And so I was like, I'm just going to, you know, go get in my regular bathtub in my bedroom. When you said your regular tub, does that mean you also had a portable birth pool? Yes. So since I love water so much, I always kind of had this, not just vision because like water birth is pretty. I just always thought that would be such a supportive like tool and comfort measure for me when it came time to birth. And so we How did it feel when you got in your regular tub? It felt really good at that time. Interestingly enough, I guess I had always pictured getting into any kind of water, shower, tub, whatever in labor would like take the edge off intensity wise or pain wise. And I didn't have that experience. But not to say I didn't love getting in the water. I did. It felt really good. I wasn't at that point, thankfully, too tense or anything, but I was able to really relax in between. So I could kind of like, you know, almost doze off. Not that I was like asleep in the tub, but like just <laughs> kind of rest off to the side and yeah. really let my body relax in between the contractions. And then I'd have to kind of get up and move accordingly to whatever felt good once the contractions started to build. Okay. So for your experience, it was calming, but the intensity still felt the same. That is Yeah. And I okay. think part of that too is... For some people, and depending on stages of labor, getting in water, warm water or hot water, whatever, can actually slow down contractions, which can be a helpful tool if things are like seemingly too intense before they need to be. So I think a part of me maybe subconsciously thought, oh, we'll get a little easier (laughs) when I'm in my bathtub because this will clearly slow down. And it did not. (laughs) So it was still comforting. It didn't slow down when you went into your tub. Did it stay the same frequency or did it start to pick so up? So it got more intense. <laughs> oh, more intense and closer together? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so wow. I got in the tub around, I think, like 5 a.m. And actually what was filling up, again, doula brain, I was like, okay, I need to make sure my water bottle's filled. I need to go have some food. I need to get snacks. So I made my way into the kitchen while it was filling. 
my dogs were very confused. They were like asleep looking at me in the living room and half excited because they probably thought, oh, do we get breakfast early? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I got a yogurt and filled in my water bottle and made my way back into the bathroom. And, got, and that's when I on the tub. And so I was trying to, you know, kind of rest like those in between, like, you know, to take some bites of yogurt, drink some water. And when I had first gotten in the tub, they were probably like every, you know, we're increasing that like four to five minutes around that point. And shortly, like probably within 30, 20, 30 minutes of being in the tub, they were or maybe even less than that. And I probably didn't really notice though, because I was timing them, but I wasn't really looking at the time. I was just hitting the button. They were suddenly like every three to four minutes. Wow. <laughs> so they were just like ramping up. And at that point, thankfully, I wasn't having any evil two minute contractions. They were just like consistently a minute, sometimes upwards of like a minute and 30 seconds or something but mostly just a minute long. So they were kind of really getting into that rhythm. You know, at the beginning, you said, I felt it tensing up, but you know, it wasn't difficult. Then it sounded like it would wake you up and you'd have to kind of breathe through them. Mm -hmm. Does it pick up another notch in terms of the intensity? Yeah. So those ones were definitely feeling more intense, still feeling them in the same place. And my lower back was achy, but I wasn't having any kind of back labor. I just could feel it like as the peak of the contractions, like just my hips, just kind of, kind of a slight radiation of that contraction and they were definitely more intense. Like I had to really focus on them and breathe through them. I wasn't vocalizing or anything, but just was definitely very focused and having to like focus on my breath. And I, for me, I was kind of doing a count that was in for four. I mean, I wasn't really counting, but I was like kind of about like this amount of time, like in for four and like out for anywhere from like six to eight kind of thing. I was really trying to focus on having my exhale be longer than my in-house to really relax. <laughs> uh, how long were you in the tub for? So I was in the tub for about 45 minutes, maybe slightly longer. And why did and you get out of the tub? So as things were increasing intensity, <laughs> um, I was also realizing how close they were getting. The contractions were getting to each other. I decided it was time I needed to wake up my husband. <laughs> okay. How did that go? Good. Although, you know, as I was in the tub, so I was like, I don't really want to get out of the tub. I was like, okay, I could holler out of the room and yell his name and then I realized well, that's not going to work because I had the door shut and <laughs> we sleep with a sound machine on because we're just very large babies and I was like there's no way he's going to hear me I'm just going to be like screaming his name so I was like okay okay I gotta get out of this tub so I slowly make my way out of the tub except it's pretty hard to get yourself out of a tub and dry yourself off and having contractions every three minutes, it turns out. And so I'm like getting out and I'm like, put my leg over and I'm like, okay, oh, contraction. I'm like leaning on my bathroom counter and then trying to dry myself off. And then I'm suddenly like freezing. And, um, cause it's, you know, like five 45 in the morning in our house. So it's like cold and I'm wet and I'm like waddling my way back into the bedroom and, you know, find him like, you know, kind of shaking me a little bit at first being gentle, like, Hey, 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 Jeff. It's not waking up. And I'm like a little ladder. Jump. <laughs> it's time for you to be awake. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm up. I'm up. And he like, you know, got out of bed and started to like, he just immediately went into like helper mode. He was like, you know, checking into how I was doing, of course, and like getting a little rundown. And I'm sure within it, like probably the first 30 seconds of him being awake, I had another contraction. So I'm like, he's been clearly being thrown into it. Like, oh yeah, this is really happening. And then he's asking, you know, kind of how he could help me. And I was like, well, I think at the moment, just go start to get some of our birth items together because we had everything we needed for the birth, but because I was always convinced I was going to go to 41 weeks or a little bit more we were waiting until 
that day to go buy all of our snacks. So we had all fresh snacks in the house for us and the birth team. And all of our birth stuff was in the house, but just like not all together in one place. And so we were planning on getting it all together in one place in our bedroom. So nothing was like together. And we didn't have snacks, which actually I forgot to mention that when I was in bed. At one of those hours when I was half asleep in bed, in between contractions, I was on Amazon or like Whole Foods delivery, ordering snacks to arrive to our house (laughs) in the morning. (laughs) That's hilarious. Still not in the mood to call any of your team? So at that point, I did start to feel, I like went back into the bathroom, I think to like grab my robe or something. And I was kind of then got like stuck in there for a bit because they were coming so close. And I think within a, maybe two contractions of me back into the bathroom. So this again was probably like just before 6am, you know, I was like hollering out to Jeff because he was already starting to get like strip the bed, like, you know, get things all ready. And I was like, no, I really think we should let Rebecca know. And he was like, okay, you know, do you want her to like come right now? I'm like, no, no, I just, you know, let her know. I told him like exactly what to say. I was like, <laughs> you know, tell him that, you know, this is what's been happening. This is what I've done so far. Like letting through again, I do a list of like <laughs> letting her know all these things. And shortly before I got out of the bathtub, I think just the final like last bit of my mucus plug and that did have blood in it. So I was like, I don't know that. You know, so I'm telling him all these things to text her. Um, so he gets a group chat going. And so I could kind of see it popping in. I'm not in a headspace to be able to read it. You know, I'm just kind of still looking at my contraction timer to keep an eye on things and just focusing on my breath. And I always knew that my doulas, you know, works a ton with my midwife team. And so they're close too. So it was kind of always this assumption, more or less. I mean, my midwife still said, call us, you know, be sure to call us. But I always knew that once I told my doula, she would let them know right away, you know, to just like, hey, you know, this is what's going on with Lauren. So that way it kind of was like one less thing for us to try and manage. And so I'm sure that's actually a good question. I should ask her. I haven't asked about that. I'm sure she probably texts them shortly thereafter to be like, hey, just a heads up. Like, this is what's going on with Lauren. But yeah, so I was right around 6 a.m. that I was finally starting to alert my team. And were they thinking maybe we should come over now or were they? Yeah. So I think that my doula, she was trying to, it's cute because I could like look back at the group chat now to like see what her and my husband were trying to like figure out together. And I think she had a similar thought that I did, which was, this seems a little too intense too soon. You know, she was asking my husband, like, does she need support right now? And, you know, does she feel like, I think that was one of the first things, does she feel like she needs support right now? And I couldn't think of what I wanted because nothing was, you know, like the tub was nice, but like really it was just my breathing that was getting me through it. And so I couldn't conceptualize oh yes, I need someone here massaging my back right now or something. I didn't have an urge of like, I need that to get me through. And so it still felt like, oh no, like, I think I'm, you know, this is intense, but like I'm managing. And in my mind, again, I was thinking like, oh, like somebody like eat breakfast, have some coffee, (laughs) take care of yourself before you come on over kind of thing. And I didn't say that because there was no words, right? Like I was already now in hindsight, it's funny looking back, but I was already losing that language, right? Like I was just kind of like going off into my own little headspace. And so she was giving me suggestions. She's like, oh, well, have you seen the dogs yet today? Like maybe go out in the living room, like see the dogs. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, I don't want to see the dog. I could already like, you know, some of those like irritations that like as labor is getting more intense, it was raining that morning. And so she's like, oh, maybe it's really pretty outside. Like maybe you want to go like stand on your back porch and like, you know, see the rain. And in my mind, I was like, no, to all these things, you know? And I didn't say that. And I did all those things. I went out in the living room, saw the dogs. They were frantic. And mm. I immediately like, turned around and came back because they were, they're like my babies. And so they're like, oh no, mom. It's like they could sense it. And mm-hmm. they were kind of like, you know, sniffing me really crazily and, you know, kind of half jumping on me. And I was like, oh no, no, this is not a good idea. 
And I did go to my back porch in just like my robe. And I stepped out and I remember for a split second, I was like, oh, it's so pretty. And then I immediately like a contraction was starting. I was like, oh, I, I can't be outside. I need to go back inside. So everything I was trying to do to see if it would change my labor at all, maybe to slow it down or whatnot to gauge if like, yeah, is this really picking up this fast or is it going to start to slow down as the sun comes up type of thing? So everything you tried to maybe slow them down, not only didn't work, but things are picking up, getting closer together. Stronger, longer surges. <laughs> yes. And, and then, I'm thinking, where's my break? <laughs> just, you know. So, yeah, and things were just super and, and totally at that point, like intensity wise, everything was still feeling in the same places in my body, was just definitely cranked up quite a few notches. And my contractions were at this point really consistently two to three minutes apart, minute long. And that's when my doula arrives. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. The team is starting to arrive. What happens next? Tune in after this commercial break and we'll find out. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart. Literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 Soft Gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to birth doula, birth photographer, and birther, Lauren Guilford. (laughs) Your labor is picking up fast and the team has been alerted. Your doula shows up. What happens next? Yeah. So she shows up. And in that meantime, while she was driving over, I had gotten back in the tub. We like filled it back up with like hot water because I'm thinking, okay, this is the real deal. That's when it really hits me. Like this isn't slowing down. (laughs) Like my baby's coming and I need something else because it wasn't working. I should say it wasn't working, but walking around, trying to lay in bed, like it wasn't quite giving me the rest I wanted in between the contractions. So I thought, okay, I'm going to get back in the tub. So I'm there when my doula arrives and, you know, she gets right into being the fabulous doula that she is. <laughs> and photographer. And photographer. Totally. Yeah. She comes out like, you know, gear, <laughs> gear in hand and starts capturing my husband and I together. And of course, checking in on all the things and seeing how I'm doing. And does she give you an assessment? Yeah. So she's, you know, kind of checking in on, you know, where I'm feeling it and asking like how long I've been back in the tub, you know, kind of getting some information of what has happened in the last 30 minutes. She was closer than 30 minutes, but you know, last chunk of time since we were talking before she got in the car to head over. And I think at that time too, cause she was updating my midwives. So she was trying to like, you know, see how I was laboring, gather some details from me to then ultimately let my midwives know like, yeah, they should go ahead and come on over. And how long between then and the time they got there? Yeah, so my midwife arrived at right around 9 a.m., so about an hour later. Okay. And during that hour, were you in the tub the whole time? I was. 
Yeah. This is your regular bathtub. Yep, my regular tub in my bathroom. And yeah, so I was in there the whole time and, you know, trying various positions, nothing that this, I really knew things were like really ramping up because like nothing during a contraction felt good, Mm -hmm. which I know that happens, you know, but still being a human, (laughs) I was trying to like find something like there must be another way that this feels slightly better, you know, and no matter what, like no matter what position I was in, it, it would feel really intense. And that is when I started feeling a bit more pressure. And I remember telling Rebecca and my husband, not that my husband would particularly know, but I was just like, I feel a lot of pressure and I know it's my bag of waters and that where, bag of waters where, is bulging. Where was that pressure? Where did you feel it? I felt it mostly like really low. I mean, I felt it like truly, it felt like it was against like my cervix, like the same kind of area that I used to feel my baby, like push their head, you know, and their little hands like nudging. Um, so I felt it really low on my pelvis and like slightly against, you know, kind of slightly like it wasn't quite like a, you know, cause so many people talk about pressure and having that like sensation. Like they have to have a bowel movement. It wasn't quite to that extent. It was much more just down really low in my pelvis at that okay. point. Did it break? So no, but I, I became determined that I wanted it to break. <laughs> and I remember I had the split second thought of like, I wonder if I could just ask, you know, when my midwife arrived, if they could just break my water for me. And oh. I was just immediately like, no, Lauren, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I don't know if this is you, but I've been to a couple of births where midwives for sure, but doulas also learn to check their own cervix. So is- I had been checking my cervix. So earlier in the tub, the first time I ever got in the tub, I checked it and I was two to three centimeters. So when we had told my doula to come, that was one of the details I told my husband to include just that like, Hey, there's been progress. I'm two to three centimeters. And when I was in the tub before my midwives arrived, I self-checked again because I think I needed to have that reassurance because it was getting so intense. I wanted to know like, but am I progressing or is this just like some weird, crazy labor that's going nowhere? So I checked myself again and I didn't at that time, it's hard to give myself a number because those contractions were coming so frequently that I really was only in there for like a brief moment, but it was just enough to feel that a lot more of my cervix had gone away. And I could feel that there was a chunk of my cervix left towards the the anterior part of my Mm -hmm. cervix, which also makes sense because every time I went to like all like hands and knees, it really didn't feel good. And I'm sure because that cervix really needed to go away. Pushing into (laughs) Um, it. So yeah, so I kind of had that idea. So my midwife arrived and they, you know, did a full assessment of, of me and checking in on baby and everything was perfect. My blood pressure was super great. Baby sounded phenomenal. And she offered, she's like, you know, do you want to get checked? Like, if you don't want to, you don't need to. Like, clearly you're in like active labor. Like, this is going really well. Everything looks great. What do you think? And at that point, I didn't care as much about the number, but I kind of thought, you know, maybe it's a smart idea for me to get out of the tub to like switch things up a bit. And so I was like, yeah, I think I should get out of the tub. Like, why don't we just go in and check my cervix anyways? So I make my way into my bedroom, hop in the bed, which that was a whole thing. The the check was not uncomfortable at all. Getting into bed was highly uncomfortable. Uh Um, So she texts me and I was six to seven centimeters and fully effaced and baby was really low. Oh, wow. Okay. So things are moving along. Yeah. And I laughed out loud and said, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's transition at that point. Yeah, totally. And my whole team was like, you know, laughing back. And they're like, that's great. Like, you know, you're going to meet your baby soon. And I wasn't ever like in my head thinking, oh, the baby's never coming. That was never a thought. I was just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, the baby's like, I could just like, I was getting that headspace of like, 
you know, yeah, you know, just kind of that birth worker confirmation of like, totally, this is progressing. Like I know when people start to vocalize some of these things of like how much longer or, you know, like, man, this is really hard. You know, it's transitional talk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was reassured in that as well. Is that when you generally fill the tub? Yeah, I think right around then the tub was inflated or right after then they inflated it and they started to get the water going. And then in the meantime, my midwife, like, could kind of confirm, like, yeah, you've got like this bit of, you know, cervix in front. And so after finding out that update assessment of where I was at cervix wise or like progression wise, my doula was like, Hey, well, you know, you're exhausted. And I was saying, I'm so tired. I just, you know, can we go back those five minute apart contractions? I just want to sleep. And she was, you know, loving on me and reassuring me. And I was like, why don't you stay in bed for a little bit? Let's get you in a couple of positions to, you know, just try and help that cervix melt away. So I did either side, like basically like extended, exaggerated side lie with pillows underneath you know, whatever leg, depending on what side I was on, was like crossing over. And that was really uncomfortable. And I remember thinking like, man, I feel so bad every time I've done this to any one of my clients. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But at the same time, it just felt so intense. And I just knew it was so intense because I needed to do that work. Like I knew that that was what needed to be done. And so at this point, like, you know, from the time I do a Guthrie, even I was definitely vocal through the contractions, like kind of low, like moaning and still focusing on my breath, but I got started to get pretty grunty during that time. And I remember thinking like, oh, my throat's going to be so sore tomorrow. (laughs) Spoiler alert, my throat was very sore the next day. Still sounds a little raspy. Um, And so, yeah, so we're doing that. And then after a little bit, I finally was just like, I I can't. Okay, I can't. I got to get out of bed. Like, this is too much. I got to do something else. So you go back in the bathroom and this is where things really start to kind of turning around that final, you know, curve, getting closer to meeting baby at that point. And as I'm making my way back to the bathroom, they're, you know, my midwife and, and my dual, they're like, you know, like, it's been a little bit since, you know, you went to the bathroom, like, let's try to, you know, empty your bladder. So I'm like walking and I just like see the toilet and I suddenly am terrified. I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> like, I don't want to sit on that thing. Um, so know what the toilet does. We lovingly call it the dilation station. I'm like, this is going to be intense. And so I sit down, I'm at, thankfully able to go to the bathroom a little bit. And then a contraction hits and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I like stand up. My husband's right there. And I I didn't stand up fully. I was actually kind of like midway. So it's kind of like squatting over the toilet. The pressure was too intense to sit on it. So I was holding on to my husband and half squatting over the toilet. And this is when I was really mad at my bag of waters. (laughs) I wanted it gone. And my midwife asked me, well, if you bear down a little bit, like, you know, what happens? And so I kind of bear down and nothing really happens. And I'm like, dang it, that bag of water. Like I just in my head, I'm thinking like, just go away, (laughs) go away. So I got my baby. And I think I thought, you know, in the moment I thought if that just goes away, I'll have a teensy bit of relief and then I'll push out my baby. You know, so for whatever reason I've had this, like, I I think it was kind of this like carrot dangling in front of me. Like if I just break it, I'll get a little relief and then I'll push out my baby. And a couple contractions later, it broke. And because I was half squatting on the toilet, it was great. It just broke right into the toilet. It was very convenient. Oh, wow. Um, and You're a very tidy pops. birther. Yeah, very tidy birther. So my mother pops over to double check to make sure the color and it thankfully was clear. And then that's where things really shifted sensation-wise. Because I really did start to feel like a different kind of pressure. It was, so? And then now it makes total sense. Because the pressure I was feeling before was so much in my cervix. Like it felt like really low on my pelvis. Like I could almost picture that it was on the cervix and totally was because my bag of waters was just pushing up against whatever cervix that was left. So once that was gone, 
instead of just having that very like specific area of pressure, um, well, the pressure grew, <laughs> but I, I did start to feel it more like kind of back into my whole pelvis, like and back into even, you know, kind of, I guess a little bit more of that kind of bowel movement type pressure. My pressure. Yeah, it really was rough. And it was interesting. It was almost like not the sounds like it'd be really painful, but I almost could feel like more pressure on my tailbone, even like it just was really, everything was getting really low. And, you know, my midwife asked me to knowing, you know, cause when she arrived here, I was like telling her like, Oh, I checked myself and I was this. And she laughed at me and she was just like, Oh, Lauren, you do lot, you know, like just was, you know, kind of like, you know, laughing at me doing all this stuff. So she asked me though, she was like, well, do you want to feel on that and tell me what you feel? And I kind of like nodded like, Oh yeah, I want to feel. And so I felt inside and sure enough, there was baby's head. And one, I mean, that's, as you can imagine, so encouraging. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's my kid. That's um, cool. And two was the coolest feeling because as a doula, and for those that maybe don't know this listening in, like doulas don't perform clinical tasks. So while, yes, I was checking myself, <laughs> I don't do that for any clients. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not qualified to do that. And that's not my role as a doula. So I've never felt a baby's head and, you know, oh, in that position. Oh, interesting. And at this point, you still don't know what you're having, right? No. And I did. And I remember I felt, and I was like, I think I even said like, that's my baby. My baby's right there. So it's kind of this, you know, and everyone else was, you know, chiming in like, yeah, you're going to meet your baby so soon. That's your baby. So from that point though, I was like, okay, but I need to get off this toilet because now this pressure is like, too much. (laughs) Like I need to get off. Oh, so where do you go? So I started to try and make my way out of the bathroom, but I'm sure anybody who's given birth, you know, listening is probably laughing and like, oh, I had that, but too, like, I was just kind of stuck. Like I couldn't really move. I was able to get off the toilet and then just right next to our vanities, right next to the toilet. So I just kind of turned around and then I was kind of just leaning on the counter and I was kind of doing this weird dance of sorts of like, I would come up on my tippy toes. Like I would switch my legs and the contraption just to like give myself some type of distraction and then I started to kind of uh, like, I'd hold on to, cause the sink was right there. So I'd kind of hold on to the lip of the counter and I would kind of like lean back and use this leverage and squat into it. I was bearing down and my doula was behind me, you know, at this point doing amazing counter pressure, like double hip squeeze. I was so helpful and lovely. And my husband was helping, had gone into the bedroom to help my midwife finish filling up the birth pool tub. Cause unfortunately we don't have an electric water heater. So we ran out of water or rather not hot water. So oh. they were boiling hot water on the stove in the kitchen and then bringing it and putting it in oh, my birth wow. Old school. Old school. And unfortunately, I mean, our house is small, but it's on like the other side of the house. So it was, you know, it's like a little bit of a trap. And then having to like, you know, work around the dogs because the dogs this whole time wanted to be in the room so bad, but we had them locked out. Um, and I keep asking at this point, like, okay, in between contractions, can I get in the tub? Can I get in the tub? And I felt like I asked a million times, but I probably only asked twice because I wasn't there that long. So my water broke, I think it was like 11.01 a.m. And I was in the tub, I think by 11.15. So I really wasn't sure my contractions were coming every two or three minutes. That's quite a lot of contractions in that time, but it was still a relatively short amount of time. My water breaking before I was able to get into the birth tub. So I think at one point I even said it kind of louder to my midwife, you know, because I was thinking like, well, maybe Rebecca doesn't know, like maybe I can get in the tub. Like maybe now it's time, you know? So I couldn't haul it out, like, can I get in? <laughs> and then finally I hear like, oh yes, sweetie, it's like, it's all ready for you. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and so I quickly try to make my way around the corner to get the tub before I, you know, get bombarded with more contractions. And right when I get, got in, there was like this immediate relief, still not taking like pain away, but like just relief of just total relaxation because my body was starting to, I was still able to relax in between. Thankfully, I was kind of surprised by that. 
but it was getting a little bit harder to relax in between because that pressure was building so much. And so I got in the tub and, you know, I'd already been kind of bearing down and it felt wonderful. And I immediately started pushing and it was lovely. Like nobody was telling me like what to do. They were all just kind of there holding space and, you know, listening to baby's heartbeat. Obviously they kept checking on baby. And I just went for it. All my instincts took over and I was pushing into my hands and it felt like it pushed forever, but I didn't. (laughs) Um, And before long, I started to feel that, you know, for a lot of people, dreaded sensation, ring of fire. For me, it wasn't dreaded. I mean, it was very intense, but I was like so excited at that point because I was like, oh, my baby's right there. Like I'm about to have my baby. And thankfully, (laughs) my, my team was like, kind of the only thing they really told me during that time was, you know, when you start to feel that ring of fire, just, you know, let us know so we can help make sure that you slow down a little bit during that time, you know, stretch those tissues. So you don't tear as much. And I was like, okay. Although I had this thought of like, I'm just going to, you know, I wanted to push around, let me get out, but thankfully I listened to them. So as I was pushing out the baby's head, it surprised me that when I thought the baby head was fully out and I could feel it in the hand, there was like a little bit left of the head. And I assume maybe that was the baby's chin then coming out. And the only thing at that point that was, I guess, unexpected was I noticed, and this all kind of happened a split second, is I next expected the baby to feel the baby like rotate. And the baby wasn't doing that. Like I wasn't feeling the baby's shoulders rotate. And so I actually had true shoulder dystocia, but nothing about it was scary or even felt like emergent. I mean, that could be something that could be an emergency, of course, but my team was super calm and they just, you know, I had wanted a more like hands-off delivery. I really wanted to like deliver the baby into my hand, like and really pull baby out. And so I just said, Hey, we're going to, you know, hop on in here to help baby out. And I was just like, yeah, yes. <laughs> and they just, you know, helped tuck baby's shoulder. Right? And it like really easily, baby just kind of came under. So they're then in the just, tub with you? They weren't in the tub with me, but the tub that I was in was kind of a smaller tub. Okay. And so it was more shallow. So they were able to really easily, like just totally Reach be right there. Okay. Yeah. So I just reached in and yeah, I thankfully, again, I didn't have to get out of the tub. I didn't have to move. They were able to just kind of reach right in and just like, you know, help get baby's shoulder right under and out. And my hands were right there. So I continued to, right as that happened, help pull baby out. And all of a sudden I see this chubby baby, like in between my legs and pull the baby out to me and they cried right away. And it was just like the most incredible moment ever. And then this strong little baby lifts up their head and looks over at my husband and we're all, all of us, the whole room is like, Oh my God, like that's so cute. What is happening? So the baby was underwater. Yeah. So born in the water, mm-hmm. born in the water. And then when the baby lifted their head, did they come out of the water? So no, they didn't come out of the water. Oh, well, yes. But I mean, baby was fully born into the water and then, you know, I lifted baby out of the water onto my chest and then okay. Baby, you know, let out a big cry and, you know, and they immediately were like, you know, checking in on baby and listening to baby. And then baby just like right after that, like lifts their head up off my chest and looks over at my husband. And it was like the sweetest thing. And I think there's even a picture of me that I've seen because I'm like shocked. I'm like, oh, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> and, um, you know, baby kind of plops their head back down. I look over my husband and I was like, okay, are you ready to see like what we had? You want to like meet our baby? And then I just pull the baby off of my chest so that their bottom is kind of sitting on my stomach. And here we're looking. And of course it was a girl. And so I saw these little lady bits and I was like, oh my God, we have a daughter. <laughs> and my husband and I both start broken into tears. So it was a very, very sweet moment. And 
the best surprise of my life. Like I hands down, like that was the coolest thing. And even throughout labor in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, and I wouldn't even say it out loud. Like, you know, especially when contractions really tough, like I'd kind of rub my belly and say things like baby, I'm, I can't wait to meet you. Who are you? Like, who's in there? Like, I'm going to meet you soon. I know you're working hard too. We're both working hard. I can't wait to meet you. So of course I would have probably still felt that way if I knew what we were having, but it was just this extra sweetness to be like, okay, I'm going to cross that finish line and I'm going to see who our baby is. I'm going to meet them for the first time. It's a cool moment. It's a cool Mm -hmm. moment. Wow. Uh, What an intense birth you had. Like they're just concentrated over what started at 3 a.m. kind of. So contractions were like 1.30 and then she was born at 12.10. So what's that? Like 11 hours? Yeah, about that. So I mean, for a first baby, that's pretty quick. Yeah, I was not expecting that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think or, and it was a daytime okay. birth and I wasn't expecting that either. And as a photographer, let me tell you, that is a special gift because the lighting, it was, yeah, it was beautiful. And I was like, thank you, little baby. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the best gift you could have ever given me a, you know, a pretty straightforward birth. Of course, you know, shoulder dystocia isn't necessarily considered a part of some straightforward birth, but it was handled so safely and swiftly. And it, it thankfully wasn't scary at all. And baby was totally fine. And I was totally fine. But really everything else was just such a straightforward, safe, healthy birth. Like I couldn't be more thankful. Like I still am so in awe of the experience and this little baby making their way into the world. Yeah, you're multitasking (laughs) with with the podcasting and feeding baby. (laughs) Now we could say feeding her. Yeah, feeding her. We know her, her name is Rory. So feeding this little girl. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Wow, Lauren, congratulations. That's a really thank beautiful you, story. You. And it's hard to believe that just over a week ago, we were sitting together and you're like, <laughs> this is the story I want to have. And I'm confident we're going to have this story. And boom, other than a couple little details. Yeah. You know, things went according to plan, which is really nice. Yeah. I feel really, really lucky. I'm uh, grateful to have worked with you during pregnancy. Yeah. I look forward to working with you postpartum. Some new yeah, mama now you gotta fix this body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm grateful for you sharing your story. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And at home, thanks for listening to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. Connect with us online, perhaps Instagram, if you've heard of it. We are at Dr. Berlin, D-O-C-T-O-R-B-E-R-L-I-N. I got a whole lot of questions for you This kid's gonna test my will I got a lot to learn and my baby's too <laughs> This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike Dr. Mom Butt Bomb As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. 
A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.